Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Woo! Welcome in. It's the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. It is late Sunday night, uh, about three and a half hours after LeBron James announced his decision to join the Los Angeles Lakers. Chris Fedor, Joe Varden with you. Uh, Boy, buddy, um, sometimes we do these podcasts and I know exactly where to start. And then other times I just have no idea. Um, So LeBron's going to Los Angeles. Uh, How did it all go down from what you know? Do you think we'll get in trouble for this? Can you I don't it? think so. I can hear it. I, I think we're fine. Good. You know, I don't, I don't want Cleveland.com to have to pay unnecessarily, unnecessary uh, royalties. I think, there's a, I think there's a certain amount of time that a song has to play before you have to pay for it. Okay. Well, all right. I think we'll cut it off there. Okay. Uh, yeah. So how about that? Um, LeBron James gone again. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in this. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I would be here in Cleveland if, if not for him and, and not right. for him coming back. Um, happy to tell that story, but, uh, you know, so it, it's hard. I mean, it, I mean, you and I are Clevelanders or Northeast Ohioans born right. and raised. Um, I'm 37. You're 31 or two. Um, we, Four. 34. Yep. Jesus. I don't look it, but I'm 34. All right. Well, the point is, neither of us was born before uh, 1964. So, right. Just from a being here, living here perspective, um, LeBron and what happened in in 2016 is is all we have. Mm-hmm. Um, from a pro a pro sports perspective, that was the one time that it went right, and um, and and the connection goes so much deeper than that, of yep. course. And so it's hard. I, I actually really am tonight uh, and today, um, ha- ha- you know, ha- having a hard time, you know, feeling a, a whole lot against him. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know what else the guy could have done in these last four years um, anymore for, for the city and the, and the team. And if he wanted to leave again, he, he certainly did all he could to kind of earn, um, or earn, earn his, his way out. Um, right. I, I, I think at the, I also think I, Chris, and I, I don't know exactly how you feel about it, um, but having spent 
every day for the last four years um, so deeply entrenched in all this, there's a certain weight and a, and a certain pressure involved um, with, with being around a LeBron team or being um, in a LeBron, you know, on a LeBron team, which, you know, we're not, but, but we cover them. And um, it just, it, it, it felt at times and certainly like towards the end uh, that maybe this whole thing had, had run its course that Mm -hmm. the weight had just become too heavy um, for whatever reason. Uh, And then, and that was it. And the, the downside is, um, you know, you're probably looking at a long time uh, before the Cavs are any good again. Yeah. A long time. Yep a really long time. Um, and that's, that's a tough one to swallow if you're, you know, again, if you're, you're from here and, but that's part of the the deal uh, with LeBron is that he's, um, he demands a lot. He sucks a lot out of an organization in terms of resources and, and just all those things. And, and he's absolutely worth it. Um, and you just have to be able to kind of square your shoulders and, and, and deal with the fallout and, I mean, Cavs fans were treated to four consecutive finals and mm-hmm. um, arguably one of the greatest finals comeback. I mean, well, certainly the greatest finals comeback, but but you could say one of the greatest finals victories ever. Yeah. Uh, when when all is said and done and, and just kind of goes into it. So um, that's, that's initially where my mind is. Like, you know, uh, just great. I mean, just a, a lifetime of memories from LeBron and, and a great four years and understanding that the challenges that lie ahead with this organization and, and, um, and that's, that's the reality. Yeah. I mean, I've always found this conversation so hard to have, I guess. And you know, I do radio too, part-time. Wait a minute. You do radio? <laughs> Have I said that enough on this podcast? Actually, I'm I'm the one who brings it up. Yeah, that's true. You do bring it up. And and you know, I, I do these radio interviews around the country too with these different hosts and I do a bunch of them locally as well going on a variety of shows. Um and I found this conversation always hard to have because I feel like hmm, I feel like because of how I approach things and the honest approach that I take like people at the end of this, Joe, unfortunately turned it into, I wanted him to go to the Lakers and that's why I kept talking about the Lakers. <laughs> and, that, and that bothered me because like, I know what LeBron means to the city. I know what he means to this area. In 2014, when he announced his return, I was with my family at Putten bay Island and um, we didn't necessarily know when the, the decision was going to happen. Uh, that one, or how it was going to happen necessarily. Um, but at the company, Cleveland.com, uh, the winds were blowing towards him returning to Cleveland. So I had prepared all of my stuff ahead of time to have it in the system, ready to go, the story pre-written, because there were just a lot of signs pointing to it. Um, and I was on Putin Bay and I was with my family and I just remember the reaction of my nephews. I remember how my wife reacted. I remember how my dad reacted. My dad was in town from Arizona and he's a diehard Cleveland sports fan. And just seeing that, like I already knew what LeBron meant and I knew the magnitude, 
but seeing that firsthand, just like how they started getting tears and how we were high-fiving each other, uh, just because LeBron announced his return in 2014, because I knew the magnitude of it, this time I just didn't want people to be blindsided. You know what I mean? So it's unfortunate that it turned into I wanted him to go to the Lakers and I kept preaching the Lakers because um, it's, it's the thing that I wanted to happen. Because really it was just trying to protect the people of Cleveland and say, hey, this is a real possibility here. I'm going to try and take you into the mind of LeBron and what he's thinking. Like, this isn't about what I want. This is about what he wants. And this is what is being relayed to us about why he could be considering Los Angeles or why Los Angeles is considered the front runner. Um, and I think tonight, with, with how people reacted, it goes to show just like, even though you felt like you knew this could happen and he won the championship and it's not to the level that it was in 2010 when he left for Miami, Joe, you can sense a lot of hurt from people and it's unfortunate. And the only reason that I was as adamant about Los Angeles as I was is because I thought it was a real possibility and I just didn't want people to have to feel like this tonight, but I guess it was just unavoidable. Well, Chris, I mean, first of all, you were talking about the Lakers because it was very likely that he was going to the Lakers. Um, It's not because, you know, you wanted him to go there or just some goofball thing that, that, you know, the crazies who listen to, to the radio, you know, think about you. I mean, that's there was a reason uh, that people kept speculating about the Lakers because yeah. guess what? He wanted to play there. Yep. <laughs> let's not let's not be mistaken. LeBron James wanted to go to the Lakers, and so that's what happened. Um, I I have known that this was going to happen since Thursday, um, and it's you know there's just this just wonderful storytelling out there tonight about you know how LeBron needed to look in Magic's eyes uh, for just to, to find that trust. Okay, that's fine. Um, he 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 knew before he left on vacation um, that he was going to be leaving the Cavs and he was going to be uh, coming here. Um, you know that he was that he was most likely going to the Lakers, mm-hmm. um, and certainly by Thursday uh, Thursday evening is when I was told that that, that this is how this was going to go, um, and. Just, I mean, you know, it's a tough night. And and, right. uh, and the next morning, um, you know, just my wife asked me what was going on or whatever. And um, and so I ended up telling her. And, you know, I just kind of watched it play out on, on her face. Um, mm-hmm. Just disappointment. Um, and then the next day, uh, my mom, the same thing. And, and, um, and, and you know, today... Uh, was with with friends actually right before the announcement came down and then as it came down and just it's the same thing it's it's something that does um it takes it takes a while to process right uh it it really does i just i i do hope um i really do uh that people soon can get back to 2016 and how unbelievable that was because again we're all from here Right. We know because we've all lived here for a long time that that doesn't happen. It doesn't work out that way. Uh, Even for this franchise. I mean, they went to the finals four years in a row and they only got one of them. Yep. 
Um, but that one is worth all of this. To take it a step further, Joe, you were mentioning, you know, the time that LeBron was here, the 11 years and all the great things that he did. I'll put the four-year stretch that the Cavs just completed here with LeBron up against any four-year stretch in Cleveland sports history. You know, whatever the Browns did for four straight years, whatever the Indians did for four straight years, and I know the Indians had the great run in the mid-90s, and it was awesome going to Jacobs Field and watching that team and seeing them go to the World Series and stuff like that. But for four straight years, like the Cavs were clearly the class of the Eastern Conference. It was almost penciled them into the NBA Finals every single year. And this stretch that they just completed – I, I don't think it's ever going to be matched in Cleveland sports history. And I think you have to hang on to that. I, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, I, I've said and written it already that um, this was certainly the greatest four years in Cavs history to this point. And it's, it's going to be the greatest four years in Cavs history. Mm. Uh, nev- there will never be a time uh, again, in this franchise's history, when they go to four straight finals, um, that's just not that's never going to happen. Um, and then also, I think coupling it with this this man who was born here, raised here, was the number one pick here, right? Kind of scorned the franchise and the people that that rooted for him and left, and then came back and said he came back so he can win one for the city and. I mean, his first year there, he almost does it. And then uh, it's, you know, by the way, it's hard. I mean, if you look at the records in sports over time, like most of the teams that get to the, to the chip and lose um, don't come back the next year and win it. I mean, I know someone's going to throw the, the Royals. In my- <laughs> right. By and large, that doesn't happen. Like ask the bills. Okay. Yeah. Like that, that, that's not how this goes. And, and they come right back. And then they're down 3-1 in the finals. And, I mean, LeBron and Kyrie, certainly, but LeBron just wouldn't be denied. Um, we'll never see anything like that again. And so, um, you know, you were mentioning, like, the Indians. Like, like the, the Indians, um, when I see footage from them from the 90s, because that was, like, still my childhood, like, you know, that can – make me like even choke up at times just because again, like that kind of evokes like memories of of growing up and whatever. But I, these four years, I mean, are years I think that I'll always just be able to speak about fondly. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because again, (laughs) you just have to appreciate how rare this is and was, and and we all got a chance to, to see it up close. Right. And the Plain Dealer sports cover off of LeBron leaving for the Lakers, announcing his, his decision to join the Los Angeles Lakers, a four-year deal around $154 million. But the Plain Dealer sports cover for Monday morning is promise kept. Um, when I kept having these conversations, Joe, about Cavs versus Lakers or um, Cavs versus Lakers versus Philadelphia, I guess if you wanted to consider Philly in the mix, I kept going back to one thing, and it's like, if I couldn't answer this question, right, and fans had a hard time answering this question, LeBron was going to have a hard time answering the question. But the question that I kept asking myself was, um, when LeBron made his decision to go to Miami in 2010 and return to Cleveland in 2014, there was always a benefit for him, and there was always a benefit for his legacy, and there was always a story to it. Um, 
every time I ask myself, what's the benefit of staying in Cleveland this time around? Like, buddy, I just couldn't come up with anything. And I just felt like if I couldn't come up with anything, LeBron's probably having a hard time answering that same question. <laughs> you know, in a way, I, I feel a little silly getting going too far down this path just because what's done is done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's over. He's, he's going to the Lakers for whatever reason. And I, I don't know when it is that we'll hear that reason. Um, and we can get into that in a, in a minute. Absolutely. Uh, but, but um, you know, he, he, he has made this choice. The, the argument for Cleveland would have been um, he, he said he would come here and he would never leave again. And so if he had wrote, written it out, signed a long-term deal, maybe drag this team to another finals or two. Um, you know, they were going to have cap space next year. You never know. Um, th- there was no, there was no like actual downside. Like, like I, I know what you mean, but, but there was no real downside to this. I agree. There was agree nothing like he couldn't by staying, he couldn't have opened himself up to criticism now. Right. Um, you know, now he's in the West and he's going to see the Warriors. Uh, and the Rockets or the, or the Rockets. And, I mean, I kind of like the team they're putting together. I'm not going to lie about that, but I still don't. I mean, whenever they play, they play the Warriors, they're probably going to lose. Right. Uh, and so now, like, LeBron's going to have to face that question. Like, hey, man, you left Cleveland to go chase rings. Um, what's up? Like, you, you, didn't, you didn't make it. What's, what's this about? And, mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it's obviously we can't say definitively that that's how this is going to end because, all right, so they don't win next next June. Um, then Kawhi will be a free agent and he's mm-hmm. going to win them and KD will be out there and Kyrie will be out there and, and whoever else. And, you know, like, the, the you know, I mean, maybe the Warriors <laughs> will fall apart. Like, it's it's not – like – I, I, I mean, he, he'll, he'll have a chance. It's just, I don't, I think his final streak is going to end and he's going to take some crap for that now. I think um, if you talk about the downside of going to the Lakers, I guess like logically, realistically, uh, people that are not LeBron could probably find that downside. But I kept going back to this, Joe, like if you're LeBron and you're somebody who has so much self-belief and you were the guy who said, just get me into the playoffs and I'll have a chance, right? doesn't matter what seed I am. I'm going to have a chance because I'm just that damn good. If you're LeBron and you have that much self-belief, he's not going to the Lakers thinking that he's going to lose, right? I mean, he's not going to the Lakers thinking, I'm not going to be able to get to the level of Magic or Kareem or Kobe or any of those kinds of guys. I just don't think he considers that an option. (laughs) I think he feels like he's going to go to the Lakers and win. And maybe it's not going to be this year, but he expects to win wherever he goes. Sure. And, and I he think, should. He probably should because that's what he does. It, it, it'll just – it'll be a fascinating year to watch from afar. Um, you know, are there basketball minds on this team? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I really like Lonzo Ball. Lonzo, yeah, for sure. I, I, I like him. I think um, they'll be great together, by the way. And when you took two of Lonzo's teammates, Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance, and dropped them in the cauldron of a playoff with LeBron, they didn't fare very well. 
Yeah. Larry was better than Jordan, certainly. Um, but neither one of them knocked your socks off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so LeBron's going to have a team full of those guys. So how are they going to do in, in, in their first playoff? Now, Kyrie and Kevin did well. Um, but I don't know if any of those guys are, are at the level of, of, of Kevin and Kyrie. So sure. it, it will be fascinating to see how this um, comes together. It will be fascinating to see who else they get. Uh, does DeMarcus Cousins go there? Do they figure out a way? Do they do, do they do they figure out a way to you know to 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 uh, trade for for Kawhi mm-hmm. um, and or, or somebody else? And then then you see how this all comes together. But um, you know, I mean, he I think to your point, he never um, like he doesn't bet against himself. But I think he's somewhat of a realist, and I think he probably went into the finals this year probably more believing that he they weren't going to win mm-hmm. and through 58 minutes of game one all of a sudden it was clear to him that they had a small window um and then when everything went wrong that was just a devastating crushing blow that he just couldn't recover from yeah so now here he is he's a member of the lakers and you mentioned that you know, a lot of this stuff is going to continue to trickle out about the why and the how and all this different stuff. And you touched on it a little bit at the very beginning of this podcast, but um, why the Lakers? Well, um, so I, I think, Chris, and, and, you know, you and I went golfing the other day. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about this in golf or if we talked about it on the last podcast or <laughs> on your radio. I, I don't know. Um, but the thing that you and I at some point have kind of both agreed upon is that where the, the media in general, and certainly I and you, like, certainly we're all a part of this, um, the, 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 the spot where we missed was the idea about family. Yeah. And that was a win for Cleveland. Yep. Um, I don't think that's true. Uh, and, and we didn't think, and, and certainly my, my opinion on this was not just a shot in the dark. It was based on, um, it it was based on something, based on some, some reporting and some conversations that I had had. Um, you know, I, 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 I thought that, that family was, was a good thing for Cleveland because of Savannah's ties to Northeast Ohio and her family members that still live here. Um, and her desire to want to live here when they lived in Miami. And I think that's wrong. Um, I think that they, the family wanted to go to LA. So that's the first part about it. And then um, as something else that we've talked about is from a basketball perspective, I, I don't know. I, I don't really think <laughs> make the case um, that Cleveland was a better fit. Um, yes, the Cavs went to the finals for the fourth consecutive year. But the, the team that they needed seven games to beat in the conference finals was missing its two best. Yeah. Two. Yeah. I don't know. It's just – it's a tough roster. Um, and, and, you know, with the Lakers, there are possibilities. Like, they're not right. this nanosecond. Yes. Like, but, but they can still come. Yep. So I think you had that together. I mean, I think it's a good fit for his family. And then, you know, the basketball situation, if you, if you, if you take, if you pull out the emotion of it, 
and, and sort of the, hey, we've been to four finals. Mm-hmm. Take that out of it for a moment. And, and you start to measure, like, where the two teams are and, and, and sort of the, the room available on both sides and sort of the factors that go into recruiting on both sides. Like, it's probably a better basketball call, too. I actually wrote the other day that I thought the Lakers, the reason that I kept going back to the Lakers, Joe, was that I felt like they were the best combination of basketball and home. The two things that he pointed out to you, the two things that he mentioned after game four of the NBA finals, it was about family and it was about being in championship mode. And I thought the Lakers were the best of, of the two. And, and we talked about this, I think, on the podcast in the past. You know, when LeBron has made this decision in the past, and, and just because he made one decision one way in the past, it didn't mean that it was going to predict the future. Um, but in this case, it kind of did. Um, in the past, like, it wasn't about what the Miami Heat were. They were, I don't know, a 45-win team, the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference before LeBron got there, the year before LeBron got there. But it was about what they could become. And they were able to become the super team in the Eastern Conference. And then with the Cavs, like, it was lottery trip after lottery trip after lottery trip, losing streaks. They were a mess. The Cavs were in a horrendous position when LeBron decided to come, in part because they, the basketball uh, could get a lot better in Cleveland with the ceiling of Kyrie Irving, with the ability to make the trade for Kevin Love. And I just think too many people were focused on the Lakers have Lonzo and they have Kuzma and they have Brandon Ingram and they have Josh Hart. And it's like, yes, they have those guys, but it's not about what they have right now. And it's not about their record in this past season. It's about what they can be. And they can still, Joe, I think, become a team that competes in the Western Conference. They can still be the team that has the best assets to trade away in a potential Kawhi Leonard deal. I don't know if they're going to give up what they have to give up in order to do that or if they're just going to wait until he becomes a free agent in 2019. But they can compete with anybody in terms of their trade assets for Kawhi. Um, And they have the money in free agency to go out and spend. And I don't know that they've used it as wisely as maybe they could have. Um, But that possibility, raising the ceiling has always been something that LeBron has looked at. Um, and, and I think he felt like this Cavs group, as you mentioned, reached its ceiling. And maybe the Lakers aren't better, and maybe they are in the Western Conference, but their ceiling is higher, and it gives LeBron a chance to go to different combinations and different ways to attack the Warriors, maybe. I think that's... I, I think so. I, I just think that's... That's true. I mean, it's it's tough. It's just, uh, you know, <laughs> the Cavs had two more cracks at the Warriors uh, after they won it all and won one game um, out, out of nine. Yeah, yeah, and it took, like, a record-setting offensive performance for them to win that game. Would they hit 24 threes? Yeah. <laughs> And you could say, oh, wow, what, what, you know, game one, ah, game three, ah. Okay, but the the personnel on your team um, largely led to those to the, the terrible mishaps that, that led to those those defeats. Mm-hmm. So that's who they are. I mean, that's that's where they were. They were one and eight against the Warriors over the last two years. And and um, you know, I, Chris, I mean, did, what we're talking about right now 
is a is going to be a hard sell in Cleveland today. Or tomorrow. you're right. You're right. You're right. This is a hard sell today. You're Cleveland. You've gone to the finals four years in a row with LeBron and just about anybody else on your team. You know, you 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 try to get to the finals and you see what happens. You make a trade here or there. Maybe you become more versatile. Maybe Steph turns an ankle or blows out a knee. You know, I I get it. I mean, and and that right now that 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 is a plausible argument. Um, but I mean, but but the the truth is, just like you're saying, like I'm saying, I mean, the Lakers' ceiling is so much higher. They have so much more room to work to become uh, something that they're not right now, and that is appealing to LeBron. Before we get into the Cavs angle of this, I'm I'm just curious from from your standpoint. This is so early, and so many other things have to play out in terms of free agency. Um, but would you label the the Lakers a contender right now? No, no. Okay. No, I, no, I, I no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I just I don't think they're good enough to beat Golden State right now. Um, I think they've had a good day. Uh, I mean, obviously you get the big piece, but then. This, beyond that, um, interesting pieces with Pope and 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 Lance. Um, those are just two guys that kind of fit into that, just kind of the model of, of what you need to guard the Warriors, um, switchable type players. Um, but it, it's still, I mean, you're talking about two MVPs against one, four All-Stars against one. Yeah. Um, so, no, not right now. What do you make of LeBron's decision to sign a four-year contract in Los Angeles? Well, it's it's actually three years with an option. So right, right. Unless LeBron goes totally against everything he's ever done in the history of mankind, um, he he he'll opt out of this deal, uh, and and then uh, you know try to do something else or or whatever. I, I mean, who knows at, at that point? Um, that's not surprising to me. Um, I don't think, uh, if Dan still owns this team, it would be hard to imagine that, that, that he would be, um, that LeBron would be welcomed back. Yep. Um, you know, we're, I just got a text from Tad Carper, the vice president uh, of, um, communication for the Cavs. And we're going to get a statement coming shortly from Dan, um, Mm -hmm. So we'll see what that says. Uh, but I just, you know, it's interesting that LeBron got that contract that way. He always wants leverage and flexibility. Um, but if you're saying, well, does that mean he can still retire as a Cav? I mean, whew, that is uh, that's a tough one to, it's a tough one to grasp at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Was there anything that the Cavs could have done to, to, to shift um... – to shift this thing in their favor somehow, some way? I don't think so, Chris. I okay. really don't. I, I mean, I, I, I guess, uh, like, I mean, I, I guess that you could faintly make an argument, like if they had acquired Kemba with that pick, uh, mm. but, but, but I'm not reporting that. I don't know that. And, and yeah. I, I, I just, um, I, I believe that this decision 80 or 90% was made around draft day. Um, mm. I think it goes back that far. Yeah, I think, um, I think you're right. I think there were just realities that the Cavs were facing this offseason um, when it came to trying to compete with the Lakers. Um, and, and there was nothing 
there was nothing that they could have done to fix those things. Um, and, and it's just, you know, I know it's unfortunate for Cavs fans that wanted LeBron to come back, but um, when you started to piece through it all and, and the reasons and the things that mattered most to LeBron, uh, I just don't think there was anything that the Cavs could have done to change those things. I don't think there was anything that Philly could have done to change those things. I mean, Joe, if you think about it, Philly was a pretty darn good destination from a basketball standpoint, right? I mean, they have Ben Simmons. They have Joel Embiid. They have the pieces to maybe go out and trade for Kawhi. And it didn't seem like Philly was really that much in the mix. No, I, I, well, first of all, I agree with you. Um, I didn't think they were much in the mix and I never really thought, I, I never really thought that LeBron was going to go to the Sixers because it just, whatever he wanted to say about how he loves Carson Wentz and like, yeah, I know Ben Simmons is there and he's represented by Rich Paul. I'm sorry. LeBron just didn't have the connection with Philly. Like Exactly. It didn't make sense to put his kids there and his wife there yep. um, when they have these just this abundance of comfort in two two cities. Um, they've got it all in in Cleveland, of course, and then now they've you know they've had these homes out there in L.A. It, you know it's going to be great uh, for for them out there. And I just I never saw you know I mean of course we all rejected Houston. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to go there. That, that there was no chance of that. Um, I thought it was hilarious, hilarious that people were, were tweeting and, and writing that, that Miami had a chance. They did just, just absurd. No way. Um, I, 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 he, I mean, listen, like I said, like we said earlier in the podcast, he wanted to play for the Lakers. Yeah. Here he is. Yep. Before we get into the questions, anything else you want to go off of with, with LeBron uh, that we haven't hit on with this yeah. particular decision to go to Los Angeles? Yeah, there is one thing. Um, okay. I, I really appreciated the way that this came out. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yep. I really did. Um, Good point. You know, LeBron has great people around him, uh, certainly smart people around him, and he is uh, he's smart himself. And they, of course, they learned from 2010 and, and they, but, but it's not just learning from what happened in 2010. It's understanding uh, what was said in 2014. And I, I, I would guess in the days and weeks and months to come that eventually there's going to be some tit for tat between LeBron and Dan about whose fault it was and LeBron intended to be in Cleveland and, and he just didn't want whatever like that. All that's going to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but the fact remains is that LeBron had this heartfelt letter in sports illustrated where he said, this is where he wanted to be. And this is where he wanted to retire. And it's about more than basketball and, and all that. And that's emotional. And that those words meant something to the people of Cleveland. And so, to do it in almost any other way other than a very understated, um, just straight to the point press release to all the reporters. So nobody, nobody uh, like has the scoop over anybody else, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought was the exact right way to do it. There's not going to be any parades. There's not going to be any press conference. There's not going to be dancing on stages. Um, it was as understated as they could be. Uh, and, and I, I just, I think that was the right tone. Now I did write, I did report and write the other day 
that LeBron needs to walk us through this because he has said um, right. in the past that he would not do and I think that'll happen. Like I said, I, I predict it, it won't go particularly well uh, for anybody. But, but, but I think that explanation will come. Um, but in the meantime, I, I really did appreciate the way that this went down. You know what I always wonder? Like, how the bleep does some of this stuff come out that people come up with? Like, this whole thing about the Space Jam 2 trailer? Like, where do people get this stuff from? <laughs> well, as you know, you had to walk me through that one on the golf course. So I'm, I know. I'm happy to say that I had missed that one. Oh, I don't know if I'm following the wrong people or what the situation is, but people brought some nonsense stuff with LeBron to my timeline. In fact, Joe, earlier today, again, you don't follow all the same people that I do, and maybe I have to cut back on some of the people that yeah, I follow. Yeah. <laughs> But earlier today, um, this Joker tweets, and this was uh, about six hours before LeBron announced that he was going to Los Angeles, and everything pointed to him joining the Lakers, everything. And yet this dude, somehow he appeared in my timeline, and he tweets out, I just heard LeBron is announcing that he is staying. He's signing a five-year deal. His son will go to Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary." His son will play one year as a Buckeye. He will enter the NBA draft. That will be LeBron's fifth year, and he'll be a free agent. Then LeBron will choose to play for whatever team drafts his son. And I'm just like, why are you people bringing this to my timeline? There are so many crazy things about that particular tweet. Like, how is it that people are grabbing onto this and retweeting this like it's actually relevant and it means something? Uh, well, you know. It's, uh, I think that's a statement. Um, <laughs> statement of, uh, the state of things far beyond you or I, brother. <laughs> that is true. I followed the wrong people. I'm just going to keep going to that. All right. Um, before we get into the questions, we've had a bunch of questions come in on Twitter today. First, a message. Did you know that one in six Northeast Ohioans struggle with hunger? Many people in Northeast Ohio are forced to make tough choices, unexpected expenses, prescription costs, and rising heat costs are all things that can prevent people from being able to put food on the table, and they are forced to make tough decisions, which often results in hunger. But you can help. Each dollar that you donate to the Harvest for Hunger campaign will result in four meals. Donate today by visiting harvestforhunger.org. Help feed your neighbors. Cleveland.com is a sponsor of the Greater Cleveland Food Bank's Harvest for Hunger campaign. All right, we continue on here, Wine and Gold Talk podcast. It's the emergency podcast that it is now into Monday morning. Uh, LeBron James announced his decision to join the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Nothing can be made official until July 6th because that's when the moratorium ends, but he has agreed to a four-year deal worth around $154 million. As Joe said earlier in the podcast, there is an option for the fourth year. Uh, But nonetheless, LeBron is going to Los Angeles. Um, And that brings us to a lot of the questions, Joe, are about where the Cavs go from here. So we'll just start with that one. Well, I just Um, pulled up your piece. Okay, great. Fantastic. Do do you disagree with some of what I put in there? Well, you Uh, probably dumped like like 1,200 words (laughs) into this thing. I I mean, I I don't know. I, 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 I guess like my whole thing is where do they go from here? is a very, very complex answer. 
And I feel like it's this entire off season where people have wanted um, to make everything so simple. When, when it comes to the Cavs and, and this summer, like it's always been really, really complex. And I think this particular question has so many different layers to it that every single time you try and answer the question as if you're the Cavs, I think you recognize why it's going to be very, very difficult for them to figure out where they're going to go here. Well, okay, so like I, I'm on, we're saying this before Dan's statement hits Correct. our inbox. Yes. If, if I were advising Dan, um, yep. I, I would say that, that the way we attack this is, is, is to be very subdued and very soft-spoken and mild-mannered about the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind as you have to rebuild that you won, you know, Dan, Dan, you, you were the owner of the team that won in 2016 and and it was your money um, that paid for that championship and paid for those four years where you went to four finals. So you're, you're not left high and dry here. You're, you're the only owner um, again, since 1964 that was able to to deliver a championship in Cleveland. So this is like not all for naught. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's the first thing. And so then you say, you, you understand that, that this is the price of doing business with LeBron, that you have to trade your picks on the front end yep. to the veterans and to get the veterans and to make the trades to answer the Warriors or whatever. So your roster looks the way it does for a reason. Um, you also understand that, the, that, that something happened in the NBA that you couldn't control which was Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. That's not your fault. Um, it's not LeBron's fault. It's nobody's fault. And to this point, no one has been able to have an answer for that. And I don't think at least for one more year, anybody's going to. Um, so at minimum, that's a three-year total change of the direction of everything in the NBA. So you need to understand those things. And then you need to, again, you need to find a plan and you need to put it into place. Um, you know, as I reported uh, Saturday morning, uh, I know you've had the same conversations, and I know others have had the same conversations with the Cavs front office. They, at this point, do not intend to tear it down this year, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't intend to trade Kevin Love. Well, none of, almost none of us believe them, um, but that's what they've said, and so we'll see. Um, there is a case to be made for that. Um, like you have to really try in your tanking um, to get to get a, a pick that, that's really worth it, and 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 the Cavs only get to keep their pick if it's in the top ten. Yes, they could suck next year and finish eleventh, and then it's really all for naught. Oh. Uh, so for right now, they don't need the salary cap relief. You keep Kevin. You have an All Star. Um, you hope that some of these guys that you traded for last year with a, uh, a full year in the system figure it out and, you know, you make a run for that seventh or eighth spot and my boy, you know, if you make it, wow, what a story, what a story for Kevin and what a story for Dan. Right. And then, in, and then, you know, the year after you're probably going to struggle, but that's when your real rebuild begins. Um, you've kind of bought some more goodwill with the fans. You've got your plan in place for what you're looking at for, for rookies and for second year guys and inexpensive guys. And, and then what you start, you know, start over again in the draft. Um, I think that's what you do. 
I, yeah. I think, but, but, but whatever your plan is, again, I, I just, I, I would urge, um, you know, grace and humility here and also just a recon, recognition that, um, that, that you were equal partner in, in everything good that has happened here the last four years. I think it's very, very difficult because of those things that you just said. And, and I think the human element comes into play here, especially when you're talking about Dan Gilbert, because there are a lot of fans that think um, bottoming out is, is the best approach for the Cavs and trade Kevin and try and trade JR and trade Corver and try and become one of the worst teams in the NBA so that um, you can hang on to that top 10 pick. Um, because the best way to, to get great in the NBA is to have stars. And for the Cavs, they're not going to get stars in free agency, so they're going to have to do it through the draft or via trades. Um, but either way, if you're going to make those trades that you're talking about for, like, proven all-star type guys, uh, you're going to need young, up-and-coming players. And how do you get those guys? Through the draft. So I think the human element comes into play with the fact that Dan Gilbert has gone through this whole teardown, rebuild thing. And if he were to accept that, that would be him doing it twice in the span of a decade. And it's very, very difficult. You're the butt of jokes. You have to deal with the losing streaks. You have to deal with ticket sales not being what you want them to be. Uh, Your team's not very popular. Um, you're looked at as a bad owner because you're losing all of these games. There's constant turmoil in the organization because people are on edge, not knowing if they're going to keep their job or lose their job or things like that. So the human element, I think, makes tanking very, very difficult, especially for a guy who just went through it so recently. I agree. Um, we, we, we might as well, we can read this uh, on our podcast. You'll obviously be able to read about it on Clean yep. as well. Uh, Dan Gilbert's statement came into our inboxes while Chris was uh, on his soapbox there. Uh, <laughs> the statement reads as this. This is a quote. These are all quotes from Dan Gilbert, the majority owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. We will always remember the evening of June 19th, 2016, as the Cleveland Cavaliers, led by LeBron James, ended his ended the 52-year drought delivering the long, elusive championship that many thought they would never see, a championship that united generations of Clevelanders both living and past. Virtually anyone with roots in Northeast Ohio paused and felt the memories of the past and the utter joy that the burden of the so-called curse was finally a thing of the past. Cleveland, Ohio was the home of a championship team for the first time since 1964. It's almost like they had been piped into the podcast, um, because this is all we've been saying. Uh, I was going to say, this is the beginning of the podcast. Words do not express the meaning and the feeling this accomplishment brought to the people of Northeast Ohio. None of this would have happened if LeBron James did not agree to come back home and lead the Cavaliers to the promised land. The entire Cavaliers franchise thanks LeBron for that precious moment and for all of the excitement he delivered as he led our team to four straight NBA Finals appearances. LeBron is a family man first. We wish his kids, his wife Savannah, his mother Gloria, and LeBron himself nothing but the best in the years and decades ahead. LeBron's connection to Akron, Cleveland, and all of Northeast Ohio will most certainly endure 
as his commitment to the region and his support for many causes, many important causes, has been impactful to so many kids and families. LeBron, you came home and delivered the ultimate goal. Nothing but appreciation and gratitude for everything you put into every moment you spent in a Cavalier uniform. We look forward to the retirement of the famous 23 Cavs jersey one day down the line. That's it. That's such a good statement. Good for him. That's that. That's incredible. Um, I, I just, uh, I mean, that's, you know, hey, listen, we, uh, <laughs> we, you know, before they sent this, this is what we said they should do. Um, yep. They did it. Uh, Dan could not have struck a better tone. Um, and uh, I just, I mean, this, I, you know, I, I, I feel, you know what, honestly, Chris, I feel a little bit better about the direction of the Cavs tonight um, just based on Dan's reaction to this than before. I agree. I think there's always uh, a question about how somebody is going to emotionally react to something like this because it's hard. It's hard to lose LeBron James. It's hard to, it's hard to know what your, your franchise is without him because you've gone through that and to know that you're embarking on that again here coming up. Like it's it's an emotional time, and this this statement very easily could have gone a different direction. And I think he handled it the right way. I think this is the way that the owner, the face of the franchise, the new face of the franchise, until somebody else emerges as a new face of the franchise, should handle this. Um, and it, it makes you wonder if he would have done it differently in 2010. What could have been maybe LeBron's here a little bit longer the second time around? Who knows? I listen. Again, I I still, I I expect at some point there's going to be a lot um, that comes out about how they they didn't see eye to eye. And Mm -hmm. I think there there was some petty things um, behind the scenes on on both sides. But I I also think, Chris, um, and I've said this before on this podcast, we've said it a a bunch of other, um, you know, a bunch of a bunch of other different ways is that I, I think that the relationship between Dan and LeBron was overblown um, or, or, or the lack thereof because they didn't have a relationship really when LeBron came back. I mean, yes, they agreed to, to, to partner up again and to put the past behind them, but they didn't come back as friends. And, you know, Dan spent the money. Um, he kind of, he kind of, you know, cut some corners at, at, on the bottom of the roster in 2016, 17 for a while that pissed LeBron off. Um, but no one spent more money over the last four years than Dan. Um, they made the trades that, that they had, they, they made trades in season that they had to make. They tried to make trades, um, over the summers, you know, LeBron held up his end, um, took them to four finals. So, you know, I, I mean, they, they, they worked pretty well together. All right. You ready for questions? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, there are too many. There's no way, absolutely no way that we can get to all of them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Alan wants to know if they trade Kevin Love, what can they realistically get for him? Well, so, I mean, you and I can both answer that because, again, I know we both had the same conversations with the Cavs. That, like, Kevin's an all-star, right? Yep. Um, and, like, you're not going – like, 
he's an all-star and he produces, but he's, he's 29 years old. He plays a certain way. And so you can't, they don't believe that, that like they can get what he is worth to them from anybody else. Mm-hmm. They certainly haven't been able to. And so um, that's part of it. Um, you, you're not under salary cap pressure. Um, and, and, and they don't feel like you can get the same thing. Um, you can get equal value in return. And so that's one of the reasons why they say they want to hold on to him. Um, our buddy, Ethan Skolnick, you were just on his podcast recently, the five reasons sports network in uh, Miami. Uh, he says, Joe, are you now moving to the Valley or Malibu? I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to Matt wants to know why four years for LA and all of the one in one stuff for the Cavs. Well, um, I mean, all the one on one stuff for the Cavs, um, it, it was about being able to make the most money every single year. Uh, and LeBron was able to do that. Um, he, uh, he also, there's something to be said about, um, the length of the deals that you can that you can get that LeBron can get on, on the open market. Um, this is the longest deal that LeBron could have signed. Now that last year is guaranteed to him, but it is not guaranteed to the Lakers. He could he could opt out, but they couldn't give him any more than a four year deal um, because of because of league rules. And this was kind of his last chance to cash in. Now. That being the case, he still left $55 million on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that that's basically it. I mean, he needed the leverage. He felt he needed the leverage, and he certainly wanted the flexibility to earn as much as he could, um, you know, with the Cavs. This is as good as he could do with the Lakers, and so this is what he took. Uh, Jim wants to know, couldn't LeBron have helped the Cavs to force a sign-and-trade to at least get some pieces back with the opt-out? Well, I don't know. I mean, if, if he had gone to Houston, um, I like the pieces that they would have gotten there. Um, but otherwise, I'm not really sure about that. And, and you have to think of, I mean, you're talking about $36 million coming off the books here. Um, he's going to save Dan a ton of money, um, certainly with, the, uh, with not only in salary, but with luxury tax. Um, and, you know, the, the Cavs want to start over. And so I think this is fine. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know uh, what you would want to get from the Lakers in return. Um, but LeBron, like this is where LeBron wanted to go and it's better for him to go there as a free agent than as a sign and trade. And, uh, and so this, I think this is fine. Guy says, what makes LeBron think he can drag the Lakers to the finals? I don't know that he thinks that. Um, I, I don't know that he doesn't. I mean, what you were saying earlier is right. I don't think he bets against himself. Mm. Um, but I don't know, you know, let's, let's wait and see how this all plays out. Let's, again, let's see, what, let's see who winds up on the Lakers. Uh, the other thing is, were you surprised uh, that LeBron was willing to do this without Paul George, without Kawhi Leonard, without Boogie Cousins. Um, I know you mentioned that he wanted to be a Laker and he wanted to be in Los Angeles. Um, But were you a little bit surprised, even though you knew the things that you did, that 
another star doesn't look like is that guy's going to join him immediately. Well, I, I think the fact that LeBron, what, <laughs> you, uh, you know, one of the things that everybody said um, about his free agency was, well, he's not going to be the first chip to fall. Right. You know, and he's not, if he's going to leave, he's going to go with these other, like he's not going to be the first piece to go to one of these places. And actually he was. Um, so I think that speaks more to just where he wanted to be and what his family thought of this than anything else. All right. Um, let's see. Oh, man. I don't like that question. I'm not going to read that question. People are bitter tonight, Joe. I can understand that. but I can. I mean, we've had days. Yeah, I know. We've had I know. days to process this. I mean, you've had almost as much time as I have and, you know, all right, so Fade wants to know what's more likely, and, and we've kind of touched on this already, but I don't think we've, we've answered it in these terms. So he wants to know what's more likely if, if these are the two options and the only two options. Uh, Dan Gilbert pushes the Cavs to obtain semi-stars along with overpriced pieces to stay competitive or a total rebuild and gutting of the roster to solidify our chances of keeping our first-round pick. Yeah, I've thought about that. I mean, I, I'm not reporting this in any way, shape, or form, but like, mm-hmm. um, I, I assume the Hornets would still listen. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, so what if what if the Cavs could figure out a way to partner Kemba and Kevin uh, on a team here this year, and and then they make you know, they make the playoffs as like the five seed or something? I mean, I, I don't know. It's the East. I mean, LeBron's not here. I mean, it's totally up for grabs. Right. And I was thinking that too, um, but I ran into this roadblock. If, if that's the decision that you go with, and then you're going to be facing a situation next summer, one summer after losing LeBron James, where Kemba's in a walk year and Kevin has an opt-out in his contract. So, boy, would that be awfully dangerous. Yeah. Especially if you're going to give up the assets that you would have to give up in order to get Kemba. So that yeah. would be really, really tricky, I think. I think that's true. So here's one from NY Buckeyes. What kind of moves can the Cavs make to improve the roster? Um, well, okay. So you've got a $5.3 million um, exception to the salary cap. You've got a $5.8 million trade exception. You have Kyle Korver, who really shouldn't be here now. Um, at his stage in his career, he's 37 years old. He can still make a three-pointer. He needs to be on a team that's going to the playoffs for sure, that needs a role player, like needs like a situational reliever out of the bullpen. Um, that's who Kyle Korver should be. They should trade him. I believe they will. Mm-hmm. What they get for him, though, remains to be seen. I mean, do you just create a $7.5 million trade exception and call it good? Right. They, they could do that. Um, you know, do you get pieces that you can waive so you can sign John Holland and, and stay under the, the luxury tax? Maybe. Um, so I don't know about roster improvements right now. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what happens here. Um, again, they've told us they're not going to trade Kevin, so I assume they're going to try to build around him this year. They have Colin Sexton. I assume Rodney Hood will be back in some way, shape, or form. Um, and probably starting at the three. How about that? Mm. How about that? Um, oh, boy. How about that? Uh, so there you that go. Didn't work, that didn't work out for Alonzo G or Jamario Moon, let me just say. 
<laughs> There's a lot of pressure on that one. Um, let's see. Donnie wants to know, can the Cavs move off the veteran contracts? Do Tristan, Jr. or Corver have a role to fill on this upcoming season's roster? You can ignore the Corver thing because he just kind of touched on this, but I guess I'll, I'll change the question. Uh, how difficult do you think it would be for the Cavs if they go this direction to move Jr. and Tristan? I think pretty hard. Um, I don't think you can move Tristan this year. I would be shocked if they could. Yeah. Um, I don't think you move Jr. either, but you could wave and stretch him. Um, you know, I mean, we, you and I know what that means. Uh, to some of our listeners, like there's a way you can, you can waive these players and you still have to pay them their full contracts, but you can spread out um, the money in terms of like over a period of years. And so that way you save yourself money on the salary cap. Um, again, losing LeBron, they don't really need this relief anymore. Um, but if you, if for some reason you thought that like by trading quarter for nothing and waving and stretching George Hill and J.R. Smith could allow you to sign somebody who wanted to come to Cleveland that's in this year's free agent market, I guess you could. I just I don't I don't see that. I think that's too much turnover in one year and I also wrote this in my piece for um last night actually was um oftentimes when you have these bad contracts you need to do something as an organization to sweeten the deal so that a team is willing to take that bad contract from you like Charlotte was um having conversations about Kemba Walker potentially and, and part of their motivation for that was to also attach one of their bad contracts to that so the thing that you wanted in that deal was Kemba the thing that you had to take was the bad contract um you know the Cavs were able to get Larry Nance Jr. if that meant taking Jordan Clarkson's bad contract back the Cavs were able to get Amon Shumpert but they had to take the risk of J.R. Smith so sometimes these teams want so bad to get off these contracts that they're going to incentivize it somehow, some way and put a sweetener in the deal. If the Cavs want to move Tristan Thompson or J.R. Smith in a trade, or maybe even George Hill, like I think they're going to have to put something with those guys to make the team actually take on those contracts. And I keep running into the same problem, Joe. They don't have a lot of draft picks to sweeten the deal. And they don't really have young, up-and-coming players that fit the Larry Nance Jr. mold of the Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr. type deal. So, like, I don't know how they can make it more enticing for a team to take J.R., George Hill, or Tristan Thompson. I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't see how they could. I just, I don't see it. Let's see. So this is the last question. I, I want to give you a chance to respond to it. Uh, first of all, I think it's unfortunate that people are saying this, uh, but this question did come in, and I think you'll have a great response to it. So this one comes from Mike. He says, why were we all so stupid to buy into LeBron's letter four years ago? Yeah, I saw that question. Um, that's the toughest part of this. Yeah, that's, I agree. That's the toughest part. Um <laughs> You know, Chris, I mean, we've talked about this before, like my, my background um, before coming to this job was, was as a politics reporter. And so above all else, um, as a politics reporter, like you, you hold people accountable for what they say. And so LeBron said these things mm -hmm. 
and he didn't just say it in the letter, but but the letter was just so over the top. Um, but he he said these things, and they 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 turned out uh, not to be true. And and I think honestly, guys, I I, I think that is a strike against him. It is um, mm-hmm. because time and again, as as late as September, after they had traded Kyrie um, for a guy we all knew was hurt, um, we asked LeBron, "Is this still your intention?" And he said it was. So it, it is a strike against him. But again, <laughs> if you weigh the good and the bad, and you step back and you consider, um. You just consider what we've been through. You have to take it. Like you would, you you take the letter that he wrote. You understand that he ended up going going back on a couple of its core principles. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, he said he was going to win you a championship, and he did. Yeah. And nobody else in your lifetime has done that. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like. You're more than sixty. You're over sixty if you've ever if if you've lived in Cleveland and had experienced anything like that before. Um, and so it's it's a it's a cost benefit analysis, and the benefits outweigh the costs. I think that's a good way to phrase it, Joe. Um, and I think the other thing that that I'll say is uh, the things that 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 I said or that I wanted four years ago in my life are probably not the same things that I think about and I want today. Um, and I think we have to recognize that, that even though LeBron is LeBron, um, and even though he is the best basketball player in the world, he's a human. And, um, you know, the status quo has changed here in Cleveland. Circumstances have changed here in Cleveland and in his own life. I would say from the time that he announced his return in 2014 to now that made Los Angeles more appealing for him in his life, in his career and for his family. And I think we have to recognize that, that those things happen to everybody, including a guy like LeBron James. And I think we have to give them a little leeway to have things in their life um, change in a four-year stretch because lots of things can be different from that time. You know, um, I I worked it, like for for I've been a a, a journalist, Chris. Um, I'm thirty. Like I said, I told you, I'm thirty-seven now. I'll be thirty mm-hmm. in September, and I've been reporting on something since the age of of twenty, uh, even before I graduated from college except for nine months, uh, nine months, I worked for a politician in Toledo. Mm. And, uh, one of the things was he was running for mayor and, and he had made a pledge that he would serve his four years, uh, as a County commissioner. And of course, like had he been elected, um, he wouldn't have made it the full four years. So, you know, you're, you're right. Like these, these things happen. You say things at the time, um, they do change. And I think you have to consider the circumstances. And I think you and I tonight have spent the better part of two hours or however long we've been on this thing, um, laying out the case. Um, 
I think the, the case is, is fairly strong in, in, in LeBron's favor. Yeah, and I think the thing that I hope people remember, and I, I, I hope people don't allow themselves to get lost in the emotion and lose this. Um, LeBron, I truly believe, Joe, that he meant all of the things that he said when he came back in 2014, and I believe that he was genuine when he said those things in 2014. Um, and on top of that, as you said, he delivered on the promise that he made to this city. So um, just because something is different today in 2018, that doesn't mean he didn't mean what he wrote or what he said in 2014. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Did we miss anything? I don't think there's anything left to say. Any other angle that you feel like we missed? Because we're out of questions. We're out of questions. Well, I think that's good. It's, it's almost 1 a.m. here <laughs> on Monday morning. So, um, I mean, you know, we, we, you know, honestly, Chris, we do have more to talk, to, talk about. Yeah, you're right. I, we'll probably stop for the night. Um, there's more to say. Um, the Cavs are going to go on. They have a lease at Quicken Loans Arena for a long time. They're not going to be moving anywhere. Um, and they've got to find a way. And so, you know, we, we have to turn our, our attention towards Colin Sexton and towards this roster and what Kobe mm-hmm. Altman can do and, 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 and all those things. Um, but just, you know, we all got to remember. We just, we've got to remember um, what it was like two Junes ago. Um, you know, whether you were out in the Bay or you were celebrating in the streets, down, um, you know, that's, that's something that, that, that no one can take away, can, can take away from you and, um, was only made possible by LeBron coming home. So, you know, I, I think that's what we should celebrate. I agree. We'll leave it right there. I think that's a good way to cap it.